This is Everyday Driver, where we know cars are expensive, but necessary, and have to do a world of things. But we also believe they should be fun. Whatever you need and can afford, we're here to help you find the right car. We're your car friends, your car therapist, and sometimes the bad influence you need. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is The Car Debate. Well, hi, welcome back. Happy Friday. It's another great episode of the podcast. We have two really cool car debates coming up, and everything has kind of a V8 theme this episode. It's V8 theme day. It's muscle car challenge day here on the podcast. Okay. Sunday, Sunday. No, Friday, Friday, Friday. (laughs) Anyway, yeah. I promise I'm done. We've got Pilgrimage 2023 coming at you. We still got a couple slots left. So if you're interested, look at everydaydriver.com slash adventures for all the details there and the ability to sign up and join us. That is in June 2023. That is almost full, actually. We have 10 driver slots available. That's almost full already, which is great. Our Utah meetup was full like the minute it opened. It was crazy. Thank you guys for that. And then there is a Colorado adventure that is happening uh, in the fall, and that has not gone live yet, but will go live soon. A quick note before we get to the car debates today about our friends at Blipshift. Mm -hmm. Not fast, but furious. The orange Fiesta S t-shirt is coming at you. So the Elantra N shirt has just ended, but the orange Fiesta ST shirt is up next. For those people that own a Fiesta ST, this is your shirt opportunity. We keep cycling. <laughs> Here it is. We're pretty excited about it. Michael I writes to us. He is in LA and his stated goal vehicle mm. is a TRX for the purpose of an American V8 sound, the muscle car feel, and he can tow and haul the family as well as use this as a pickup for his business. Interesting. I like that you have the goal vehicle. You want yes. a TRX. Mm-hmm. That's a good goal. They're and, awesome. And I have to say, as as a guy that is probably, even of the two of us, probably the most staunchly non-pickup owner, I'd have a TRX. They're super <laughs> I know cool. you would. There's, there's, I, have, I, have no, I, mean, there's, I have no business having yeah. a TRX. I would totally have one of those. So funny. Yeah. And you're right. I'm not that into pickup trucks, but that is one that's pretty but, up But there. of the two of us, you are more so than me. I you're, suppose You're the so. guy that gets lost in the overland section well, of SEMA. Well, yeah, but that's the and I'm like, whatever. weird pickup trucks. But, but I can't general, believe people spent pickups, money on this. I'm, just, I'm blind to them. I don't see the point with the TRX. Like, what is this now? Can I have one? What are they, how much do they cost? When can I get one? Yeah, it's all, it doesn't make any sense. Michael, though, says that truck is 16 to 24 months away, and he okay. needs to make a change soon. We need to have something for him right now. The temp truck. The temp truck. Mm. Something to hold him over until the TRX. His previous cars include an 05 G35. He's had a two-door Jeep Wrangler from 08. Okay. He's had a Ram 1500, mm-hmm. a 2015 Charger RT, a 2019 Silverado Trail Boss, and he had a whoa another Ram fifteen hundred from twenty nineteen, and he's got a twenty nineteen Challenger Scat Pack wide body manual, which is the current car, but it's tough to fit the kids in the back. Of which there are two in rear facing child seats, which that has to be quite difficult. I have to admit. He also bought his bucket list car a few years ago, an O two Camaro SS Sunset Orange Metallic six speed manual, a few light modifications, but kept it stock. He sold this car, his house, his truck, and liquidated his stocks to start a business. And are you writing country songs now? He's not. But here's the thing, though. That, That's that the start was... of the country song, is it not? <laughs> no, I that... sold my car, my house, my truck, my, but that all would... my stock. But portfolio. that would be that all of that was taken by the woman that just left. That's the country song. This I is, guess so. I did all that to start a business, which actually swings for the good here, because at this point, the business is doing very, very well. Family is growing and fantastic. So those risks he took have paid off. Again, keep in mind, he currently has the Challenger Scat Pack. So it's not like he has no fun V8 cars in his life. It's just that Camaro was, it sounds like at the time, it was like the pinnacle. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. he sold everything, liquidated in order to get his business going. His business is now going wonderfully well. Two kids under two, that means, count them, two rear-facing with missiles child seats. <laughs> new house, right. new business that requires him to buy and move parts and tools to multiple trucks while they are on the road. He is moving stuff around regularly for business, but business is going very well. That's the second verse of the song, right? It is. I sold all the stuff. Mm-hmm. Business is good. Family's mm-hmm. growing. I got a new house. I've got trucks. I need stuff. Now I'm broken down on the side of the highway with a, <laughs> with a truck bed full of parts. That's, that's when the song takes a turn. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> the bridge is coming. He is a V8 guy. He loves the sound, prefers rear-wheel drive with a manual. But after owning pickup trucks, Michael writes that it's tough to not have one Knowing the versatility and capability he is missing out on, Mm. he wants, ideally, a pickup truck and a sports car. 
But that's not today's decision. Okay. That's a future email. And he knows that we are big American car V8 fans. I don't know that that's true. I take your point, though. I, I just point. It's we not where we are all the time. So yeah, here we are. It. But he's looking for validation in particular on the way he's leaning. He gives us two choices. The first one is a used Durango 392 SRT all-wheel drive. Okay. He believes he can take the kids when his wife can't. Sure. He can fit the parts and tools in the back and run them to his trucks that are on the road 24 hours. It's big and comfy. It gives you the muscle car feel. It can haul the kids, all the gear. This is the meat in the middle truck until he can scratch the TRX itch. That sounds weird and disgusting. It does sound weird and disgusting. <laughs> and don't mention that in public. I'm Be careful. Never of your saying audience. that again. However, you have owned a series of Rams. You had the, the 2012. You had the Ram 1500. You now have the Challenger Scat Pack, which I realize is not a truck, but you had the Challenger and the Chargers. There's a lot of Dodge love going on here. Yeah. And so this is one of the reasons why choice one is guess what? Another Stellantis-related Dodge product. I think it's a good choice. It is a good choice. I see I see how you got there. Choice number two is a new or used, regular, boring, slow, full-size pickup truck. <laughs> You've already had two Ram 1500s. You have, yeah. You know what is down that road. Yes, you've, you've seen them. You've driven it. You know what it's like. It, this will haul the family, fulfill the utility and business needs. He's leery that he will be bored with this and get bored with it very quickly and then mm. end up spending a bunch of money on unnecessary mods. The last thing he wants to do is tune something that he should have just left alone because, he, again, we're saving for the TRX. So that's, uh, yeah, that's where we're at. All of our suggestions are welcomed, but he wants to smile when he presses the skinny pedal. <laughs> He's also looking for more utility than his Challenger offers. His wife knows he's got the sickness and knows he won't be happy until he has a truck and a sports car again. And this might manifest itself with a TRX mm-hmm. and a C7 Corvette manual. So, but he, likes that he says, hang ideal. on, hang on. That's not now. We will That's do that car today. debate later. Right now, it's fifty to 60000 He said, we cannot go over that budget. Fifty dollars to $60,000. His regular commute is 10 minutes to the yard. But every now and then, he has to run parts all over the place. And then he does a little curveball here. Yeah, I saw this. Because nothing in his entire ownership history suggests what he is about to throw as the curve. And the curve is, I love wagons. He said, I struggle to find something exciting. And the wagon he really likes is a Cadillac CTS-V wagon, which we all really like, frankly. But he says, spending that much for something from 2012 or so doesn't seem to make sense to him. But he does think that wagons are awesome, and they could solve a lot of the problems here. Again, circle back to he'd really like a V8 but we are replacing something in the short term until he can get a TRX. And I want to start right there real quick, Michael. Look, I, I've already stated it. I love the TRX. Why just that? Because it's how it has the most. It's yeah, the most. Well, but, most but, but, but here's here my question. Now, you have a lot of Mopar love. I get that. But you have owned a Silverado before, so it's not like you only bought Ram products. So my other question is, have you driven the Raptor, the new big Raptor V8 Raptor? Have you driven it? Hmm. I mean, it's not like Ford doesn't know what they're doing over there. Okay, it's not like, well, thank God Ram's doing this. Right. You know what I mean? It's so Ford's I, third and, and I, I say this because I, I love the TRX. Then my other question for you is, have you driven a Rivian? Hmm. I mean, I don't know that it's a match for you because it sounds like you run around all over the place and you may put a lot of miles on something, and so an electric car might not work for your life and your situation right now. But I'm just trying to think about what are other trucks that do everything he's talking about also have some real attitude and are very, very fast. And you can't ignore either the Raptor or the Rivian. I feel like we've come through the door and just gone TRX or nothing, and I've kind of gone, or or nothing? Nothing else is being considered? So I'm just asking. And, Michael, I say that as the guy that if I could have a TRX in my driveway, I would, and I don't need it at all. I have have nothing to haul. I have one child. Skis and bikes are as far (laughs) as that would ever go. I have nothing that I tow. You'd get there and like, where's the skis and bikes? I have I have nothing that I flew out of the truck. Exactly. I do not need a TRX for any reason, and I would still have one in my driveway. So please understand, I'm a huge fan, and I would get it over the Raptor. But I just want to make sure you've looked around in that regard before we go too far. I have I have ideas for him in the in the short term. I'm just asking the general question of as a guy that loves the TRX, is there nothing else? Michael, I love your choices. I am validating the 392 SRT Durango. That is awesome. That would work very well. Mm-hmm. But what about the GMC Yukon and the Chevy Tahoe? I mean, sure, yeah. your Mopar guy, as Todd said, yeah. we've observed that. It does have a 6.2 liter V8, in, and it's got that RST performance pack from 2018 and newer. Mm-hmm. The Tahoe is really awesome. Yep. 
I really like the Yukon. I like them both. They actually, I would say they ride, but you get the, the full suspension and everything. They ride better than the Durango does. I agree to that. They have more space than the Durango does. Space. So that's what you're shopping for. Now, it's, it doesn't have, I bet you, the laugh factor of the 392. But certainly you, you have to go to the Escalade V, which is way out of budget. But, but he's saving for the future laugh factor. The, I agree it's with that. That's a great point. And it wouldn't be boring, and it would probably be more utility than he's even thinking he would get with the Durango. I see where you went. The Durango's it's, exciting. It's but good. I see the Tahoe as well. This alt. is just yes. your alt. Mm-hmm. And another alt for you, it's the Toyota Sequoia. Oh, interesting. Because okay. you're wanting to save money. And I thought, well, if, if we start with the second generation, so that ended in late 2022. Mm-hmm. I would recommend the TRD Pro and of, of the second generation. Sure. It's that, and that's a long-running good V8 it right is. there. Yeah. It's that 5.7 liter V8. It mm-hmm. might be a bit cheaper to, just to get one of these. You wanted the tide-me-over truck mm-hmm. or SUV until we get to the TRX. Yes, yes. So if you look at that second gen, you know, a slightly used Sequoia, that 2020 version was upgraded to Apple CarPlay and Android Auto. Mm-hmm. It had the Fox shocks on the TRD Pro, lots of their Toyota Safety Sense systems on yep, there. yep. I actually really liked it. Now, you could consider the third generation, the brand new Sequoia, to keep the price down. Just go with the lower two trim levels, which are the SR5 or Limited. They are big. Mm -hmm. And they've got that shelf system in the rear. That third row slides fore and aft, seven or eight inches. It's huge. Mm -hmm. Now, this is less of the muscle car feel, but it has more power and much better efficiency with the iForce Max twin turbo. That's a V6, 437 horsepower, 583 pound-feet of torque. The so thing much. moves. It's so much. And I know you, again, you want the muscle car feel, and that's not but you're V8, willing yeah. to wait for it. And mm-hmm. this is just, the kids are growing stuff. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. don't care. Mm-hmm. It's got that interesting divider shelf system. If that works for you, maybe it doesn't throw that thing out or just stick in the floor. <laughs> that, that goes in the trash just, day one. Moving on. May, yes. Maybe so. Uh-huh. This goes here. Don't need that. But you could consider both of those mm. those sequoias. Mm. One to just save money. Sure, sure. The other to, you know, all right, this fits the needs. Growing yeah, a family. Yeah. You, maybe you like the styling better. Maybe you do like the interface better. The ability to connect both phones for you and your wife up front on the screen. But I am getting to my wild card. Okay. And to get there, first, I need to say that the Hennessy Performance Company. <laughs> oh, no. They okay. build the Mammoth 900 and Mammoth 1000 versions of the TRX. That is true. If, if you if somehow, somehow, <laughs> somehow, the TRX is not enough for you. Because of course it's John Hennessy can do more. If we're going to do this, Michael, let's do this. <laughs> they even come with a three-year, 36,000-mile warranty. The 900 versions and the 1,000 versions, that does refer to horsepower. Yes, it does. Okay? Because, Mm -hmm. Michael, I want you to be able to send this thing 50 yards off a dune at 90 miles per hour with the whole family calmly snacking on roasted cashews, discussing the latest Marvel movie, and Just roasted cashews? Just the cashews. (laughs) Okay. And you're observing the scenery far beneath you. (laughs) That is a nice family outing, is it not? Yes. Look at the TRX review we did. We were launching it off of snow-covered sand dunes. By the way... Prior to that day, I had never in my life seen a snow-covered sand dune, and now I'm using it as a launching ramp. It's it's the ramp Uh to launch you into outer space. Take that TRX, drive it to Texas, take it to John Hennessy and say, here's all my money, make me poor, (laughs) do your thing, turn it into the Mammoth 1000. Uh To get there, we're going to need to save money up front. Ah, I see how you're getting there. And so what we're going to do is you need to shop Chevy Blazers. Oh, current Chevy Blazer. Current Chevy Blazer. It's okay. the Camaro SUV. Remember? There you go. I see the link. I see it. Camaro vents. Camaro feel. It's got that muscle car slight vibe to it. Yeah, I see where you are. Even though it's not a V8, it does have the 3.6 liter V6. It makes good horsepower. Gets pretty good mileage. 27 miles to the gallon on the highway. You've got front wheel drive or all wheel drive options, and you can even get the RS flavor, which is the sporty trim level. It rides and drives really well. I was Mm. skeptical Mm. before we had a blazer. I just thought, what is Chevy doing? (laughs) You put the wrong name on this SUV thingy. And we still feel that way, but the vehicle underneath it is actually worthwhile. It's actually good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It will help you save money in your quest to purchase 
the Mammoth 1000 TRX. Or, let's just back it off to the 900. We don't want to be too on- ostentatious, right? Let's not be right? too crazy. Yeah. Let's, just the 900. It's only just over 900 horsepower. That's just insane. Because, again, if we're going to do this, let's do this. <laughs> Hennessy Performance Mammoth 900. <laughs> Michael, I have a few thoughts for you because a couple things struck me in your email. First off, the car that you really call out as the bucket list car that was the favorite is that Camaro, which has now left your life. Mm-hmm. You talk about being a huge V8 fan, but it's not like you don't currently have a V8. You have the 2019 Challenger Scat Pack. It's not like That's true. a V8 Although, doesn't exist. I got the idea that was kind of going away because of the car seats. No, well, I, he says it's current. Maybe it's going away. Maybe it is. I was just I, assuming. I, I wasn't sure if it was going or not. I, that's unclear. But that V8 currently exists. Also, what we're doing in all of this discussion is this is a tied-me-over vehicle. This mm. is the car between now and when you get the thing you really want. I appreciate your requirements, but they're kind of all thrown out except for the ability to haul stuff. And that includes kids because yeah. ultimately what we're doing is we're biding our time until the TRX shows up or whatever it is. Okay. Counting so, the days. Exactly. I, I don't have a problem with the Durango. I think that is a good one. We already talked about Paul had excellent alts as, as well. So I went somewhere totally different because I was struck by your Camaro love and then I was struck by your wagon love. Okay. So I went a couple places here because I don't think you need a pickup right now. I don't think you necessarily even need an SUV right now. I think this is your weird, narrow bit of time Hmm. between the muscle cars behind you and the muscle truck ahead of you. This is your weird time to try something else, something entirely different than you've had. I love the weird curveball. I love wagons. You haven't owned one. That's true. So here's where I went. Did you know? That 2015 and older, 2015 is not too old. I know you were worried about the really old caddy, but 2015 and older Mercedes AMG G63 wagons are in your budget of 60 grand. Wait, E63, e right? Sorry, yes, E63, not G. Yeah, G63? E63. The E63. Speaking of G63, <laughs> check out our test drive channel. No, yeah, G63 exactly. just came out. No, no, the, 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 the E-Class wagon. Okay, gotcha. The actual gotcha. AMG E63 wagon, 2015 and older, is available for your budget. You could have the family fly somewhere in style on your Autobahn bomber. You've never had a wagon. You've never had a German car. You've, that's a big monster AMG V8. It is? It's in the budget? Just barely. It is? The 2015s is as new as you can get for your budget based on my, my nationwide Still, search. Still, it's got – you're so buying you it for the engine anyway. You want to go back further than that. So that's out there. You know what else is out there? It isn't a wagon, but you really like that Camaro, the Chevy SS has a big old trunk on it and a yeah. huge back seat, huh? rear-facing car seats. I feel like the, the reason that the Scat Pack Challenger is struggling is the rear-facing tr- car seats. That's been actually your biggest complaint. You'd like to be able to haul things in a truck, but ultimately you're getting by without that right now anyway. I mean, Charger's got to be in the conversation too if we're true. needing four doors. True, true. That's the point. But I'm trying to look for new experiences, and he's had a Charger. Sure. So here's the thing. Get yourself a Chevy SS, which has a big backseat. Now, unfortunately, that backseat does not fold down. It has like a pass-through thing. But that is your four-door Camaro, my friend. So that's compelling. Interesting. But my favorite is my full wild card. Okay. Because you like wagons, you need hauling space. You'd like a hatch kind of wagon shape if you could. It's nothing like anything you've owned before. It isn't even a V8, I will admit it. But my friend, for the next year, year and a half, Michael, till you get that TRX, you need a Kia Stinger. Plenty of backseat space for the kids. Big old hatch on that. Isn't a V8, but is quite powerful. Yeah, is incredibly yeah. fun to drive. Yeah. And you're headed toward V8 Nirvana with your big monster truck. So do something totally yes. different and off the reservation and get yourself a Kia Stinger and have an enjoyable father time. Hey, Michael, what do you drive? A Mammoth 1000. <laughs> what do you drive? Peasant. <laughs> Whatever it is, it's less than that. It's a new year, and we want to talk to you guys about a lot of new products from our friends at Griot's Garage. I'm going to start with the 3-in-1 Wheel, Tire, and Mat Cleaner. Did you hear it? It cleans wheels, tires, and mats with one thing. It's a non-acidic formula that cuts brake dust, road grime on wheels, tires, and rubber formats. They have a cool picture of you using a brush to clean all of the above. That is awesome. Water Spot Remover. Guess what that does? That removes water spots. 
on all exterior surfaces. Don't forget ceramic metal polish, which restores and brightens and protects common metal surfaces and leaves a finish like you've never seen before. And then there's the Citrus All-Purpose Cleaner, a concentrated, powerful, non-foaming cleaner for both exteriors and interiors. Griot's Garage products are 100% guaranteed and all liquid products are made in the USA. When you're ordering at griotsgarage.com, use the code EDRIVER for 15% off liquids and 10% off everything else on your order. That's Griot's, G-R-I-O-T-S. Enjoy the finest quality car care products you can buy at griotsgarage.com. Drew writes to us about the end of an era and kind of the fear of missing out, too. Hmm. He's got a dilemma. He doesn't drive very much. So little in fact that he's trending below 8,000 miles per year. Okay. He loves to drive, but he doesn't want to waste money. All right. You know how you waste money is you buy a TRX <laughs> Mammoth 900. <laughs> You're laughing, but the money is shooting right out the tailpipe. That's what's happening, yes. Well, Drew says buying a Bolt is a totally logical play or something like a Maverick. Mm -hmm. But he's keenly aware of the industry changing and certain cars going away, like naturally aspirated coupes and convertibles and V8s. He also has this fear of missing out on those cars. He hasn't had one, and he's thinking, they may never come again. I should get one now. His fiance is very interested in getting a fun car, too. Originally, they wanted to buy a used C5, C6, or C7 Corvette, or something like a Boxster or a Cayman, but the pricing and age of those used cars are becoming unappealing because this car would replace the second vehicle. So it's not a third car. So it's not a car that if it doesn't run, no big deal. It needs to run. It needs to run. So therefore, they will both share the daily and then both share this theoretical fun car. I like it. So they started looking at new fun cars due to the high prices of used. Things are changing slowly. Ideally, they're leaning towards a convertible. So that really just leaves Miatas and Camaros. Because they say, we aren't Mustang people. <laughs> I didn't know that was a brand, but apparently Neither. it is not them. The Miata wasn't a hit with the fiancé, though she did support having a Miata if that was going to be Drew's car. The Camaro was fun and fully supported, but where he's stuck is on the powertrain configuration. Does he get a V6 or a V8? He says also, I want a manual transmission, but maybe he could give up the need for an automatic. He needs an LSD, though, which the V6 Auto does not have. Mm. This is the car they ideally want to hang on to long term because this kind of car, he says, is essentially dead. Mm. Mustang aside and will likely not depreciate too fast due to supply and demand. Maybe. I mean, Mustangs yeah. and Camaros mm. aren't going to, they're not valuable cars. They make too many of them. Yeah. Well, and also, I hate to say it this way, uh, Drew, but the problem is the convertibles never hang on to their value. Yeah. They don't. The, the, the hard top special edition track whatever version that hangs on to its value, but a mass market convertible doesn't. So Drew says, what spec Camaro makes the most sense? I mean, it seems like you're sold on the Camaro and mm -hmm. I get it. I mean, if yeah. I were to suggest an E93, BMW M3, retractable hard top. Oh yeah. The, I think it was the E92 was the BMW thing was where the, the hard two, top convertible. E92. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. If I suggest something like that, well, again, it, it's too old. If you're already looking at C5 to C7 Corvettes and ruling those out because of age and Boxers and Caymans because of age... I hear you, mm -hmm. but again, it sounds like you're kind of wanting to buy new and you're wanting to spec out the right Camaro. Maybe. Yeah. 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 Well, he says the challenger is also going away, but that also doesn't really scratch the convertible itch. You know, there are companies scratching that scratching itches. <laughs> it's, it's all bad. Did you know there are companies that actually convert the challenger to a convertible? And I've seen a few and they look Almost factory. <laughs> they turn into jello. They, they look almost factory. I can't imagine that that's off. very good. Yeah, but he does say that the Challenger, because it's bigger, is more practical. They want to stay under $45,000. This is interesting. I have, I have thoughts for Drew that are probably not what he's thinking. Oh, okay. All right. Well, Drew, I'm going to help you spec out a Camaro. Now, both the Camaro 1SS or 2SS versions, both of these have that 6.2 liter V8, 455 horsepower, 455 pound-feet of torque. But then there's the LT1. Also with the same V8 engine, mm -hmm. but that is more of the street-focused Camaro, and the 1SS and 2SS is more of the track-focused version. It's the performance the one you kind of want. Performance. Yeah. Now, the magnetic ride is only offered as an option on the 1SS, where it's unavailable on the LT1. Mm. You also get four-piston brake calipers all the way around, and the 1SS is a staggered fitment versus the square stance of the LT1 version. Interesting. Okay. okay. Yep. Also, the 2SS version is, has that infotainment 3 system with the 8-inch yeah, yeah, yeah. screen and all this stuff. It's more interior options. So I went specking. Okay, good for you. And the problem is price. 
I feel like 45, you're going to have to kind of stick with V6, but throughout your email, all I hear is I'm missing out. I haven't really owned a V8. If you're going to get a Camaro, let's get you a V8 Camaro. I I totally agree with that. And the top is going to be down. Mm -hmm. And guess what noises you're going to want to hear? If the top is down and you're hearing a V6, you're going to be like, "Uh, we should have gotten a V8. But I do think that the fear of missing out is key here. And also tied to that is his concern for things that are going away. And a naturally aspirated V8, that's the thing more likely to go away. And that's the thing you Mm -hmm. haven't had. I think V8, if you go Camaro, is the only option. On my 2SS spec, rear-wheel drive, convertible, I got it up to $53,000. So if we went with the 1SS convertible, and you don't get the infotainment screen. I, I just did that because I was playing mm-hmm. with the sure, screen, and I get that's it, the yeah. only way to get it. Magnetic ride, you're still pushing almost 50, but mm. that's what you want. Mm-hmm. So you're right at that cusp of, I know what I want. I, mm-hmm. I think you know exactly what you want. Mm-hmm. 1SS, convertible, with magnetic ride. And you're done. Yeah. But you're going to have to be willing to pay for that because you said this is long term. And because it's long term, I feel like you can justify that. I feel like Mm -hmm. another five grand, you can just work that into the. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see. Amortize that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take an 82 month loan or Mm -hmm. take a 105 month loan or maybe a 30 year loan like a RV or a boat or something like that. Sure, sure. I'm kidding, but you you hear me. (laughs) I want you to get the exact thing you want, and I only suggest that because it's long-term. You're just saying, we want a fun car for the next couple of years or just to Mm -hmm, have for a little mm -hmm. while. I would definitely respect the price, but since you're wanting it long-term, I don't think you're going to regret spending a tiny bit more to get exactly what you want. Mm. My choice for you is that 1SS. Get the magnetic ride. Now, we like a lot of the the Chevy products without magnetic ride. The Corvette and the Camaro are both great, Mm -hmm. but magnetic ride just changes the game. It is a fantastic system that is pretty much right up there with the best riding cars everywhere. It justifies just a slight bit of extra expenditure, right? I I see your logic. I do see it. Drew, I'm going to circle back to something you said in your email, and I'm going to ask the questions we often do. And that is, look, you said you aren't doing very many miles. So this is the second car, but it's not like, okay, so I'm putting 15,000, 20,000 miles a year on this. It's not going to get driven a ton. Mm-hmm. It's mostly going to be a fun car, second car, fun car. And you said originally you and your fiance were looking at Corvette C5s, 6s, and 7s, but you're worried about old used cars. Now, your budget of $45,000, I can understand why the Boxster and Cayman is a little bit concerning for you because by the time you get the Boxster and Cayman you want it under forty-five grand, while I think, and both of us would say this, it will run for a while, you're going to be putting money into it, and that probably concerns you when I get it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but a C7 Corvette, they just stopped making that a couple years ago. It's not an old car. It's not an old car, and I looked... And your budget is kind of the bottom of the market currently for recent ones. I'm not talking first year. I'm talking like 2018s, okay? They stopped making them in 2020, all right? So the last couple of years of the C7 Corvette is where you price yourself out, which means most of the C7 entire pantheon of the years they made them with all of the variants that are out there, most of those you can't afford. And short of a Z06. Yes, exactly. But you don't want the Z06. Yeah, exactly. You want a Corvette C7, ideally with the Magna Ride. So here's the thing about it. You don't have to get a convertible. They have a Targa. All of them do. That's true. Yeah. So you can just shop Corvette. You want a little bit of usability. It's got a huge hatch in the back. I actually think that the C7 with the Targa is a better car across the board than the convertible. Interestingly, I kind of prefer the convertible of the C8, but in C7, I like the Targa. The Targa is awesome on that car. It is good. And you can get it with a really nice manual, but you can also get it with a really good, the late gen of it had an eight speed auto that was actually decent. It's not great, but it's decent. So you get Everything you're looking for, including you started with a car that you guys were already eyeing. I think you walked right by the C7 Corvette because you're like, oh, those are still a little bit expensive. But it's a Chevy Corvette. If you buy one from somebody that's got 50,000 miles, that's probably the high end. That's high for those cars too. Because most people don't drive them hard and put a little bit. It's like the extra car. You guys are not going to put a ton of miles on it to begin with. Is that car going to last you 10 years? Yes. 
<laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So I think I think you walked past the C7 Corvette too quickly, and I really feel like that's the car for you guys because it checks every single box. And I hate to say it this way, but it's much more interesting than a Camaro. Camaros are good. They handle much better than you think. Fair. They fair. actually have a pretty decent interior now. There's a lot of things to like about the Camaro, but it's not a VET. The VET handles better, looks better, is interesting. more interesting. Yeah. It sounds better. It's lighter than the, the Camaro, so it actually is more powerful as a result. So I think Camaro's cool. C7's better. Jumping over to questions, I am going to start with Gary the Cycling Nerd's call out of me. Oh, Okay. Gary really felt like I needed to take the L on the last, last podcast. Okay. When we, you and I were talking about subscriptions for cars and where I talked about the market decides argument, Gary says, this is made for so many things that really need consumer protection. As an example, he says, Adobe didn't move to subscriptions because it was pro-consumer. And despite the markets deciding, creators are stuck in their sphere. Hopefully the EU makes the protections for commoners because the FTC is gutless. Ooh. Let's dive in here, Gary. I appreciate your email. <laughs> if it came off like I wanted those subscriptions for all the things we named and even the things we were joking around about, no, I don't want them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. Gary, you have a great point. Consumer protection is a good thing. It may be necessary to create laws that prevent car manufacturers from predatory practices, discrimination, and flat-out abuse of that subscribed-to-everything business model, not to mention anything that minimizes the subscription fatigue we're all currently suffering from. But it goes both ways, and we have to deal with each example differently, I think. I hate dealer markup. As much as I hate the absurd prices that people are paying on bring-a-trailer and cars and bids, and others... I'd love it if the market decided that all of that just sucks so much that people wouldn't spend another penny supporting either one of those. Because you see the latest whatever mm-hmm. that got auctioned for absurd dollars, yeah. and we all yeah, wonder, yeah. why would anybody pay that? Well, they had the money, and they have their reasons, just like mm. additional dealer markup will still be paid. That only encourages bad behavior from dealers. Yeah, fair point. People with money will just keep paying markup and... Spending to get, get get that car before everyone else. While the rest of us grind our teeth, yeah. It bugs me, but consumers take advantage of companies too. I mean, regarding your Adobe comment, you're right. They didn't move to subscriptions because they're pro-consumer, but subscriptions were supposed to prevent a lot more software piracy than the old days. Did they? I mean, somewhat, I suppose, but there's still piracy. And then streaming happened. Like now Netflix finds itself struggling to crack down on password sharing and digital piracy. There's already laws against piracy that carry severe punishment, but they're not always a deterrent. If, if there needs to be legislation crafted for <laughs> subscribing to Would safety like systems, extra airbags, check this box then for absolutely let's make the laws against that. However, if it's anything else, what if there's something that I, I can't see that will eventually, we think this is not the greatest road to go down, but then you know what? That forces the car maker to offer another subscription if you do subscribe to that mm. and haha, we got them or Something like that. I, I just feel like there's something that we can't see that's around the corner mm. that actually might be symbiotic. It seems like it's not right now. It seems like, well, I don't want to pay for heated seats. On the other hand, I don't use my heated seats in the winter. <laughs> I live in Florida. Hmm. Or at all. <laughs> so, okay. I, nobody is forcing them to buy the subscription. But of course, you're right. It can't turn into extreme leverage over the consumer like banks practicing predatory lending. I guess car manufacturers are going to have to wade in like they're kind of already doing, but there's already people going, wait, this is not cool. You're not treating us fairly. I would love to think, just like I do for bring a trailer, cars and bids, Mm -hmm. whatever, that people would just say, you know what? I'm not going to do that out of principle. I'm not going to pay that and hopefully set the example. Maybe I'm being too optimistic, (laughs) but then there's always going to be those people that will just pay it regardless. We will just have to wait and see. Alex on Instagram, AlexHCO9 it's not a track daily crush. It's a pick two. And this is weird. It's pick two. You have three options. You can only pick two of them. Cheese. What? Streaming services like Netflix, Amazon, etc. What? Or a GT4 RS. This sounds like a question for one of our all questions podcasts. Yeah, I know what I'm picking. Cheese. Streaming services at GT4 RS. Okay, what are you picking? GT4 RS. Yeah, but no, but you get to pick two. So what do you not? What, well, what not gets- cheese. <laughs> Whatever the options are, except for cheese. <laughs> really? Yeah. See, because here's, here's my sub-question, Alex, where I'm really wondering if you've tried to, to fool us or not, and that is, are you saying that no other car is possible? 
Because if like the GT4RS or no fun car at all, then like GT4RS has got to win. But you know what? A GT4RS is cool, but I like cheese and streaming services. I don't care about cheese. <laughs> Take the streaming services and the cool car. GTI Fly writes in and says he drives a 2019 Subaru WRX and wonders what car to replace it with in the future. He likes all-wheel drive and manual. He wishes that the manual in the WRX was more like his 1991 Acura Integra, which he still has. And you're right, that's a definitive manual. It's not going to happen. Is there a quieter, gentler WRX, but not so much that he would lose the fun nature and the chuckability? He says, I live in Colorado, so all-wheel drive is a must-have. He says, I know winter tires, but he can't stand the mushiness they have. I have to stop for a second. But not answer Uh-oh. the actual question that's Uh-oh. being asked here, and that is <clears throat> GTI fly, you need winter tires. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. Or yeah. or possibly all weathers, something that is snow rated. I just this week, we've, we're having terrible, terrible snowstorms throughout the Rockies. Most people are actually just staying home. They are so bad. Okay? Really, really bad driving weather. And I happen to be on a road trip for an entire day in this bad driving weather. And I happen to have a comparison, direct comparison, of full winter tires in this weather and really good brand new all seasons. And there really is no comparison in safety. There really isn't. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I understand that all-wheel drive gets you rolling. But once you're rolling, the concern is control and stopping. And the all seasons are not nearly as good. So I understand you want all-wheel drive, but I think you need to shop around for better winter tires or all-weathers that solve the... I understand, because when you get to low temperatures, they do get mushy. I do get that. But, I'm sorry, I'm preaching tires. You had... What did you have on the Maserati? That was like... That was a performance sm- snow tire. You had to get a specific one. It might have been Michelin's or I think they were a Michelin. I think they were a Michelin performance they were winter Michelin's. tire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Served. I, they I came in 285 section rear width. Which you, that was the only option. I couldn't believe I could buy them. They were expensive, but they were a full performance yeah. Michelin full winter tire. Now, I haven't bought performance winter tires. I haven't seen the need, but they're out there. And then our yeah. all weathers from uh, Nokian that we have on our cars of the past have been surprisingly good. They don't mm. have yeah. the mushiness of uh, the actual full winter tires. So... I really want to argue that with you. But okay, moving on. A WRX replacement. My first thought went to RS3, but there's no manual, and it's expensive. So I had that thought. I also wondered about the Corolla, the GR Corolla. You're not talking about doing it this second. You're talking about down the line. I think the GR Corolla may do what the WRX does and might do it better. Nathaniel G. asks if we would consider doing another full-size truck review again. We would absolutely consider it. We could do either the update of what we did because all those trucks have now changed generations. Yes. Uh, I mean, Ram has just updated it a little bit. Yeah. Full generation change. But we have the new Rev Ram. The I suppose Ram. so. I, I mean, you know where it's going, Nathaniel, mm-hmm. is, and that is you know some all-electric flavor version. And what do those do? Because you know what EV trucks are going to do is just proliferate people buying trucks to not do truck things with them because yes. it's an EV. And buying far larger vehicles than they have any reason to need. But mm-hmm. yeah. It's just going to proliferate that, which is fine. And mm-hmm. then if you've got truck needs, that's great. But yeah, we'll we'll have to do that. We'll have to set that up. I, I do like that again. And uh, yes, is the answer. I just hope people watch it because we're obviously not known for that. And sports car stuff does best for us. I actually liked the truck comparison, but it's, yeah, we just have to hope people are going to watch it. Well, we didn't send it 50 yards off of Dune while we're eating roasted cashews. We didn't. And, and that was really where we screwed up. Damn it. Mm-hmm. Patton's asking on Instagram. He says, seems like C8 Corvettes are finally starting to depreciate. Do we think they'll fall like prior-gen Corvettes, or will it take a second generation of the mid-engine rear drive for that to happen? Patton, honestly, they're going to drop like a normal Corvette because they are a mass-market sports car. Now, we've had a weird market that has brought them out. They, you know, Chip shortage and COVID and all the things that caused all cars to spike. That is turning now. We're seeing the market turn back. And Corvettes are moving with it. Now, the specialty Corvettes, they're going to stay stay expensive. But the C8 is probably going to have a trajectory like any other Corvette, and that is they made a lot, so they're going to come down. Jim Olsh on Facebook says, what is the proper hand signal for you are going to nose in? He's trying to let a guy in a beautiful red C8 out into traffic, but he could see he was going to grind his front splitter. Oof. Jim sat there helpless trying to think of a warning <laughs> as carbon fiber and macadam merged. Ugh. <laughs> you want the you want the nose lift nose lift 
I suppose it depends on how far away from the person in the car you are, because if you're close enough to shout and, you know, roll your window down and I can kind of talk you through it, that's the best way. There's really no universal hand signal. I mean, universal hand signal for, no, don't hand do signal it. for, I have to go to the bathroom, you know, <laughs> Remember team America. Oh my God. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> anyway. Yeah. I, I suppose you could just do the, you know, in inches, you know, you've mm. got this much height mm. to go. You could just do it with your fingers. You know, you, you hold your thumb and forefinger apart and yep. how much space you've got to go before you cause yourself a lot of damage. Yikes. Sutter 89 asks an interesting question. I think this would almost be a topic Tuesday, but I'm just going to try to answer it quickly. He says, what makes modern day sports cars better or worse than their earlier predecessors? He says, for a specific example, he owns a 1988 Supra three liter turbo putting down about 400 horsepower and 300 436 torque to the wheels holy moly so that's been tuned quite a bit he loves it but a part of him wonders about the new super manual and how much better it will be is the 50 or 60 grand you'd pay for the new technology worth it compared to the older model with close to the same output first off i have to to pull us away for one thing real quickly and nothing competes with nostalgia and nothing competes with the fact that cars have got more insulation, more safety features, and as a result are generally more numb than they used to be. Mm-hmm. Nothing is going to change that. So if, if you like that, now that 88 Super, by the way, that is before the Fast and Furious era. That is the car prior. Okay, so it's not the iconic Supra that everybody screams about the 2JZ and loses their mind and thinks Paul Walker drove it. Okay, it's not that Supra. It's the one prior. Okay. <laughs> Right. So it's not a, a massively appreciating asset, and it isn't that iconic super that that you're probably thinking of. But it's still a very cool car, and you've got a lot of power, and you know it. The other fight you're going to have is you've had that car, it sounds like, a while, which means you know it. It's ingrained in you. It's subconscious now. So any new car is going to feel a bit odd by comparison. But to try to answer your question, it's this. Are the features that the new one gets you things that you want and would increase your enjoyment? I'll give you a random one. Apple CarPlay. I mean, yeah, you can put it aftermarket in other cars, but when it's integrated properly, also sometimes the power to weight is significantly different in the newer one. And often they seem like they drive lighter because they are so powerful and everything got electronic. Now you might not like that, but I will say in the case of the super manual, that manual is superb. And you will definitely notice a difference in just, oh, all of this stuff feels brand new and tight and precise in a way that your old car never will. You may prefer the old car. I like a Jaguar E-Type, but you know what? It feels old and rattly compared to any new car I want to pick. So what is the feel that you're going for? Because just because it's newer doesn't mean it's better, but it might be. Anthony Z says, what is the one bad quality or design thing being offered or even accepted by the market in 2023 on cars? Is it drive shafts on Wranglers that rust after two years? <laughs> Research there, has been done on this question. Anyway, going on. Whether manual shifter rattles around so much it pops out of gear when you're driving. Is it the panel gaps on Teslas? Or what other examples can we think of that we just shake our head because this shouldn't be acceptable to, to be sent to the market when it's like that? The panel gaps on Teslas, you're right. That That is a big one. The The initial build quality, I think it still continues to this day to a lesser degree than we've seen, but we have seen it pretty bad. But it was just such the newest, coolest, I, mm-hmm. I got to be one of the cool kids and have these things because yeah, look yeah. at my shiny new iPhone that's called a Tesla. <laughs> look what I bought. Well, panel gaps, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who cares, right? That's an issue. I think it will... Continue to be an issue in the future if you can't get it right. I mean, conversely, Volkswagen ID4s are superb. They're built fantastically well. I don't want one. They're built fantastically well, and I still would never buy one. The range is terrible. There's no frunk. I mean, the the space layout and packaging is awful, frankly. And why did they sell 20,000 of them in this The infotainment screen is terrible, and they don't drive that well. But but they're built really well. Man, the panel gaps are superb. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That brings up that infotainment system, and that is an argument about people not being used to it and owners who do claim they get used to it very quickly, but you should be able to just figure things out and how the car works. Yes. And if there's something you just, it's baffling you, but you think, why am I just dumb today? Mm. Did I wake up dumb? How did I, (laughs) how do I not get this? And, And most people can't figure it out. That's a problem. 
why did it get sent to the market that way? How did, how did this make it past the focus group? Mm. Well, focus group is usually the one that sort of screws you over to begin with. But well, still. but they're also not driving typically the focus group. Anyway, moving on. Yeah. yeah. The one bad thing, Anthony, I hate to say it this, and we've ran it against this, and that's dealer markup. Mm. Car companies want to sell cars. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of people over here who want to buy them. It seems like dealers are standing in the way of the people who bake them and want to sell them yeah. and the people who want to buy them. You're right. It seems like that it's is that- now kind of accepted. Like, well, the new Civic Type R came out and you know there's going to be markup. Mm-hmm. I guess we'll just resign ourselves to dealing with that forever. It's those antitrust laws that, that Tesla seems to be skirting that require dealers to exist. And it would be interesting if they didn't or be able to buy directly. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? So Tesla's responsible, good and bad, for everything? Is that kind of what we're saying? <laughs> They're certainly connected a lot in the car world right now. That's I guess definitely they the are. case. Oh. Jeff, I, have, I want to try to answer your question. Our thoughts on using Turo or some similar uh, rent-your-own car situation to help pay for a fun car that he otherwise would have to wait much longer to purchase. He loves the idea of a BMW 235i in his garage because his daily is boring but perfect for commute. <laughs> and he thinks it'd be really cool to actually have the fun car and have the payments covered by the rental. He lives near the airport in Southern California, so he, said, he expects there would be decent demand. You've already accomplished one issue, and that is it depends a lot on your market. You've got to be in a market where people are randomly coming into town and would like to rent something nice. And that's some markets, Vegas, L.A. are two that I think of, many places in Florida. But you've got to be somewhere where the weather is nice and people are coming there and want to rent something fun. So you've solved that by living in SoCal. So that helps you. Is the 235i interesting enough? I don't know. You might have to research that, see how many are offered for rent, how much are they making on them. You need to do that research in your local market. All of that to say these are my cautions to say ultimately many people have done this very successfully. And in L.A., we've actually met people when we've turrowed cars. That's all they do now. They, mm-hmm. they bought like six or eight cars and they drive whichever one's not being rented and they have turned this into the entire, that's the whole business they have is just dropping a car off at the airport, picking this one up. That's their job because they have so many cars they've paid for it. I think it's possible to do one if you get the right combination of the car that is being rented a lot, research required, and being in the right market, which you solved. I would say <clears throat> be sure you can do this for the first at least three months without it renting at all. Before you take this dive, if you need that rental like month one, I think you got to wait. It's sort of like when you go to a movie okay, and you have to deliberately suspend all disbelief to enjoy it. You're like, mm-hmm. I, I know the premise is goofy and kooky and weird, <laughs> yes. uh-huh. yeah. but you just su- suspend all reality, suspend your disbelief. In this case, you're going to have to suspend your passion. You can't mm. fall in love. That can't be my baby. True. Because stuff's going to happen to it. You're right. That's a very It's a good rental. Point. And yep. even though it's on Turo, people are still going to bash on it. And you're going to come away being like, ah. That happened now? Yeah. Something happened to my yeah, baby. that's fair. That's so fair. So you're going to have to suspend that <laughs> in order to be, be happy. Braptor says, have we been paying attention to the F1 preseason? And what are our general thoughts on car companies with dedicated racing programs? Does the trickle-down actually help their products? Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it's Le Mans and F1 that are really the only two racing series on the planet that have any kind of trickle-down mm. in the future towards actual passenger cars. The Mercedes turbo thing with the, the extended shaft and the you know separating the turbo into into halves yeah, and splitting the turbo yeah, for apart, sure. you know, that kind of thing. I absolutely, it still boggles me as noble as we think racing is. And as cool as it is, as it is. And mm, as much mm. as I want to do it, it's all for entertainment. Sure. Yeah. The only point yeah. is to entertain all of us. It is the it's automotive a, gladiator. It equivalent. is gladiators in the, in the arena. It's a, absolutely Indy what it is, car yeah. exists. For one reason only, so does NASCAR. It is yeah. just to entertain us. Yeah. It's not the noble, I've, I'm a driver. Nope, nobody cares. <laughs> I'm driving me. a car like your Camry. No, you're not. You're driving <laughs> yeah, a sticker pack on a race car. Exactly. That's what you're driving. Wow. Geese1RBM says he heard that Alpine is, or Alpine is exploring the possibility of selling their cars in the U.S. Are we excited? Do we think they'll actually be selling their sports cars, or will it just be SUVs and CUVs? I've been seeing... They're going to yank the rug. Yeah. I, 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 <laughs> I've, I've been seeing people's mock-ups for the Corvette SUV, and I, I, I die a little inside everybody at the time I see a mock-up. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Alpine. I think it'd be awesome if Alpine came here. Right now, all they sell is the A110, 
It's not like they have an SUV waiting in the wings. And so, no. you know, they would drop here with that as well. But they'll be like, oh, that's all everybody buys here. We yeah, should build exactly. one. We, we should, should make one. We should build a, a lifted hatchback and call it an SUV. Mm. I, I, think, I think there is a market for the Alpine A110 here. I absolutely think that there is. I think there are people that would buy it as a fantastic Alk. The Boxster doesn't really have a competitor anymore. The mm. Boxster's kind of alone in that part of the market. I think the Alpine would be great. I hope it comes here. I am still waiting to buy one. I mean, drive one. <laughs> <laughs> buy one, drive one. The point whatever. is, I haven't been in one. I'd really like to. I think there, there is a hole in the market for it. I wonder about the infrastructure. Because remember when Alpha came back to the U.S., they started with the 4C. And then they quickly added other things to make it make sense. And they were part of a large conglomerate, as Alpine is as well. I'd be curious to see what they would have to do to survive. Or can they actually sell a one-off? Like, all we sell is this car in the U.S. It seems like a lot of infrastructure and cost. But I hope so. Noah J says, quick. 3.0 GR Supra, 2021 or newer, or a 981 base Cayman. Oh. Or does he go 987.1 or .2 or Cayman S or C7 Corvette with a Z51 pack? He is asking for a friend because <laughs> we always are. Mm-hmm. I'm going to stick with Supra versus base Cayman. My initial thoughts are if you don't mind the automatic, which is really good, get the Supra. Mm. I think you'll love the power of that car. Mm. As much as I want to tell you to get a Cayman... And base Caymans are good. Is he actually saying base Supra too? 3.0 GR Supra. Okay. So the three liter engine. So he could get the manual. The big boy. And, and 2020, you could get the manual. I mean, that's the newest thing. Yeah. But 2021 in there, you'd still be looking at an automatic. Sure, fair point. All right. And even 981 base Cayman. I, I think you would really enjoy the rowdiness of the Supra for a while. Mm. You know you can always go get that Cayman, but they're two different architectures. Mm-hmm. The power on that Supra is quite intoxicating. It is. That yeah, the Cayman, yeah, yeah. the base Cayman doesn't have. True, true. And you can always go get a Cayman later. I mean, both, right? <laughs> <laughs> if it was manual Supra, I think the Supra might win it. But I will say, I'm going to spin off his question into the other places that he went. 987.2, which is the second half of the first gen Cayman, is one of the last great analog Porsches. Mm-hmm. It really is a superb Porsche if you're wanting an analog feel. And then the, was it the C7 Corvette? C7 Corvette. I mean, the Z51 That's package a, is sort of a, a given. foregone it, it conclusion. Should it should we be. Should, they should why have, do they build Corvettes without <laughs> it that? Should just, that package comes with it. That's how it goes. Yes. That, that is a very different feel than every other car you're talking about. Yeah. Big yeah, yeah. front engine V8. Very fun if you like it. But uh, interesting, interesting question. Thank you guys for all your questions. EverydayDriverTV at gmail.com for all your Topic Tuesdays, car conclusions, and most of all your car debates. Yep. And we've got the just checking in on the South Trip again. Any updates? South Trip is, is a couple weeks out, but it actually is coming together pretty well. It's going to be about an hour long. It's going to be quite fun. We do a lot of goofy things because there was a costume department on this one too. Heck so we yeah. do all that. I want to remind you guys, if you haven't yet, please rate and review this podcast because we get emails almost weekly where people tell us that they found the podcast while looking for a car podcast and they just looked up what are the good ones? And we're in the top 10 and that's how they found us. And now they've listened to a lot. So you guys rating and reviewing is what makes that happen. It is a big deal and we really appreciate it, but also thank you for listening in general. And you know what? For There's so many podcasts now. I, I, I heard this week. There's a lot. Yeah. I heard about a podcast from a major bank and I was like, I'm not listening to who's listening to that. <laughs> they were like, we really? have a podcast. I was like, you really ought to stop it. But anyway, <laughs> thank you. Focus on your core competencies. Seriously, you've got a bank. Nobody was li- Well, the bakers are in today. Stop it. Stop it. But thank you for joining us, and we'd love for you to rate it. Looking forward to next time, as always. Cheers, everyone.